Okay. It comes here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure of Chunky Glasses, the podcast right here, right now. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. And just when we thought last week couldn't get any worse, uh, Leonard Cohen up and died. Uh, you know, we uh, this 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 happened to us. This, this happened to us with David Bowie. Um, we recorded a podcast and put it out on Thursday talking about his latest album, his now last album, uh, You Want It Darker? And uh and had no idea that this that this was going to happen. And um literally at the end of taping another podcast, uh Marcus Dowling was down here and he holds up his phone and shows me that in fact it's announced that Leonard Cohen passed. Uh it's about like nine o'clock on that night. Uh, and it's and it's a tragedy. It is, um, and it made it weird for us. Uh, Eduardo and Patrick were on the David Bowie uh, podcast, but you know we don't kill rock stars. We just have uh, impeccably, impeccably bad timing with this shit. So, um, if you are like a fan of Cohen or something, don't don't listen to our podcast. Don't go, go out and celebrate his music. It's it's a major loss for the music world, and and um, you know, other people like him a lot better than I did. Uh, you heard us on that podcast talking about how I think he was a much better writer. I think he was a brilliant writer, but I think he was a a light and a force in this world that we so so deeply needed. Um, but uh, and now he's gone. But such. Uh, such is 2016, and so it goes. Uh, this week, we are still coping with the election results. I think spent this weekend sort of uh, everybody a little depressed. Um, everybody that is whose hearts aren't filled with hate, hate to hate to put it like that. But um, and, uh, and and the interview we're talking we're talking to Nassim Curry today, and then we taped this before uh, before the election. Uh, in fact, the day before the election, the night. Before the election, and um, his band Kingsley Flood—they've always uh, stood up for for what is right in the world, stood up for the little man, stood up uh, for human rights. Uh, he's a Palestinian American, and uh, you'll hear us talk about this. His family uh, grew up outside of Boston, and um, and a lot of what he's talking about, and the band is talking about in their new album, uh, Another Other. Uh, if that doesn't clue you in anything, is is a lot of what we are now all sort of scared of, and what will happen in this new administration. You know, we um, there was a there was a remarkable performance on Saturday Night Live. I'm going to put the link in the show notes to it to Kate McKinnon uh, performing <laughs> performing uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, and and uh, at the end of it. Uh, she was sort of choking through tears. She 
she looks right at the camera and says, you know, I'm, I'm not giving up and neither should you. And that, um, that's what we needed to hear. That's what I needed to hear. I've heard it from a lot of people. I've heard it from talking to people, uh, friends, uh, and it's true, but you know, don't feel bad if you spent this past week, uh, morning feeling like shit, grieving, uh, it's okay. Um, but the point I'm rambling at this point, point I'm trying to make is Nassim Curry is one of the good guys. His band, Kingsley Flood, is one of the great bands, um, and uh, we love this band, we love Nassim, and it was an honor to sit down and talk with him about about these things that at the time were you know, serious issues, now they are uh, maybe a matter of life and death. Not to be hyperbolic. So, uh, with that in mind, I think it's time we just head on down to the basement, uh, and you guys can check out... Uh, me and Nassim Curry sitting down and talk about Kingsley Flood's new album, Another Other, and we'll see you on the other side. Cheers to all my friends as another work weekends. I'll have another round bar key, and won't you lower the OTB? Showing them fire so far away, you know they're just thugs anyway. They're hiding behind their skin, messing with the good cops and preaching. I'm just another other done. Album so do you, do you have the album? Uh, not with me. All right. So there's a story behind it. Huh? Um, and um, I don't know if I don't know if we want to talk about this or should I tell you now? Yeah, sure. Talk, I mean, t- tell uh, me now. I mean, we're um, rolling. I mean, it's just oh, it's, we are? yeah, it's going. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah. You got you got your beer. You're I, I don't have my radio voice on. Hi, everybody. Yeah. All right. Um, You're with Nassim Curry. Yeah. yeah. The- hey. Um. So when I was growing up. I, there was this photo kicking around my house, and it looked like one of those sort of Time Life magazine, sort of Norman Rockwelly kind of photos, um, pretty like iconic. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool." I didn't know what it was, and one my one day my dad tells me, "Oh, that's me in the back." And so my dad is sitting there in the back, and he's a camp counselor, and these the, he's sitting above all these kids who are just sort of. It's like mayhem, and there's one kid like launching a soda in the air, and there's other kids just screaming, whatever. And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! Like that, that's really cool." And then he says, "Yeah," and that kid kneeling in front is Stuart Copeland, the drummer for the Police. Uh, and I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, Dad." And he always like <laughs> sort of told stories and like never believed him. And uh, and he died eight years ago, and. Um, when we were going to do this album, I was like, now is the perfect time to use this photo. I think it's such a great photo. Right. And that was an excuse for me to just be like, you know, uh, can I swear on this thing? Yeah, yeah. All right. Fuck it. I'm going to reach out to Stuart Copeland and <laughs> see what happens. And, uh, and Copeland wrote back. Hell yeah. And he's, he, he's a likable guy. Yeah. He, and he's like, yep, that's me. And that's, you know, Billy, Jimmy, whatever. Um, he recognized a few other people in the photo. He's like, thanks for the memories. Why the whole thing was unbelievable was because this photo took place in Lebanon in the early 60s. Right, that's what I was, was going to ask, is uh, where this photo took place. Yeah, and so that's why I never believed my dad. I was like, why the hell would an American be in the mountains of Lebanon right. in early 1960s? Did you say why he was there? Well, if you just read his background, yeah. his father was a diplomat, and he was like stationed in Lebanon for a while. And okay. I had never, of course, done that background. I just said my dad was bullshit. 
Did did you um, did you follow this up with asking them to be in the band? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, he was like, like, hey, I know, I know your gig with the police didn't work out so well. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> be like, our drummer, he's kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah. So if you want to come in, uh, do a dead stop, man. Double drum. This <laughs> is getting some uh, sick jams. Um, that's a lot of gear on stage. I don't know. We don't play that big clubs. Um, we're down here to talk about your new album, your band's new album, Kingsley Flood, uh, another other. This is your what your third or fourth album? Third full length. Third full length. Yeah, a couple of EPs leading up to this. Three EPs last Three year. Three EPs. Yeah, uh, a lot why. of that material ended up on this record. Actually, yes. yeah. Uh, was it in the same format or did you? Yes. Yeah, same, it... same studio, same producer. Um, you funded that with pledge music. Yeah. Uh, all of that. I mean, all of this we're going to get more in depth with. But you funded that with pledge music, and and you know your uh, your last album, Battles, was when we talked to you. It was actually. If not the first, it was one of the first interviews we had done that oh. I had done. Like, oh, cool! Like that. And if cool. if people aren't familiar, you go back on the site. It's a big video production at your house. And yeah, yeah that's cool. That was fun. And we got sued by Sony. We're well, not sued, but got, got oh, a DMCA yeah. takedown by Sony because we used Hollow Notes. Because I asked you a pertinent question: Hollow Notes. <laughs> it's still pertinent in 2016. That was 2012. Um, at that time, you describe that album to me as sort of like the journey of like this guy who's just you know down on his luck and mm. it's like and and the reason he's down on his luck is because of the state of the world yeah and 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 no, the, the world's gotten so much better since then yeah yeah <laughs> um and that's what I was, I was gonna ask because you know you start off first of all the 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 name of this album uh is is evocative of where we're at yeah um the first track on this album the bridge is uh, I think it's. I think it might be your most direct addressment of a lot of things. Just knowing you a little, what yeah. you not just you do in your music life, but also your professional life. Yeah. Is this still this guy like traveling down like a darker path, or was this a, a different different mode for you here? It's different only in the sense that this is much more confessional. This is much more autobiographical. Yeah. Uh, I think our last, I've tended to write in terms of stories, in terms of, I always write in terms of story and, um, and characters. And this is the first time I write about myself as a character, um, truly, um, where I wanted to actually talk about myself. Um, oh. and that was uncomfortable and strange territory for me. Uh, I'm not, I don't consider myself a narcissist and <laughs> I just felt like this was, it was the next sort of, it was appropriate. It was the next sort of evolution of my songwriting. I got to turn the mirror on myself. I mean, was, was there something that triggered you wanting to talk about that or? Uh, just needing to challenge myself more. Yeah. Um, just feeling like I was, I uh, hit a, hit a wall in terms of songwriting. Uh, I was, I felt things were stale. Um, I started to feel like more of a sort of, uh, an, an anthropology researcher, right? You know, as opposed to just being like, "What the hell?" I don't want to talk about it. like this. Has to feel real, and it started feeling less real to me. It felt right. like I was just sort of uh, putting up a microscope to other people and saying, "Hmm, interesting. Let me examine this." Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, screw that. Like, it's gotta, it's gotta feel real, and it started feeling less real. And so I said, "You know, let me turn this on myself." And so, um. All the same themes are there. It's just, you know, this is where it's coming from. And yeah. so that idea of that first song, The Bridge, that's 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 an idea around privilege and um, how privilege deals with the, the, the folks who are not privileged. Uh, that's an, an idea that I struggle with all the time. Yeah. Um, 
so uh so i wanted to just like come out right off the bat um that's a true story that that or it's based on a true story that song basically there is a bridge in boston that clearly separates two very different neighborhoods and i was always told like in high school when i was going into town never cross that bridge and you start to realize after a while that because you know because it's so it's not safe and and then you start to realize that it's not safe means just they don't look like us and they're right. not they're not like us and um in my sort of early 20s um my buddy ended up living on the other side of that bridge and i ended up like sleeping on his porch many summer nights and you know it, it was just it sort of came full circle yeah um i'm like that's ridiculous i can't believe i was told to not cross that bridge right uh we just built up this narrative that Across that bridge, there's the other people. Yes. And well, and, I mean, I, I think in 2016, depending, I mean, you're of Palestinian descent origin. Mm -hmm. were, you, did, were you born in Palestine or were you no, born No, I was here? born outside Boston. Okay. And, um, but your parents. Your, your parents definitely yeah. were. And, uh, you know, running into this election that happens in a few days, uh, you know, we're dealing with someone, and not just someone, like a large part of America that could be on the other side of that bridge. Mm. And, you rarely, though, hear that side, your side of it, be like, oh, it's just because they're different. And we, you know, it seems to be a a, a, a a base human state to be afraid of the other. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you've explored this in your music, like, like since the beginning. I yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah. I think. But that, think you know, so. that being a true story, but that, that specifically, I mean, you call out, you know, maybe you're too brown, maybe you're too black, maybe you call right. out all these things that we are now. Uh, legitimately fighting over, right? Uh, which is weird in 2016 because you think at some point we get past this and and we don't, right? Um, was it tempting to I guess make a whole album like that because the next song is not about that and right. it's and there's you know it, it is a more personal album I think and there's a lot of uh, I think for the first time like almost like love songs. Mm. Or or uh, just you know peeks into like your relationship relationships, songs, yeah. And, yeah. sure. Um, but was it tempting to knowing the, your music is? I don't know if overtly political as, as, uh, is the right word as much as like it it addresses yeah the politic yeah. Was it tempting to go full on given knowing what we're going into right now like next week? Was it tempting to do that? Yeah, I mean, I I think about. Um, my favorite artists and the ones who are what we consider sort of political and the ones I gravitate towards are the ones who aren't preaching. They're not shoving it down my throat. Mm. They're just sort of telling their story and it just happens to involve the world around them. Like, um, I love Steve Earle, right? Absolutely. And, uh, Steve Earle has, has said, I don't know. I saw him and I've seen him a bunch of times live. And one time he said, um, that he was giving, he was getting shit from people who would just say, you know, stick to music, right? Oh, I don't want to hear your politics, stick to music. And he would basically say, look, I think the role of music in my life is to describe the world around me, and that's the world around me. Right. And so I have to do that. And so I, I sort of subscribe to that as well. And so that means uh, talking about things that could be politics, talking about privilege, talking about the relationship between the rich and the poor, talking about race, talking about ethnicity and identity and all that stuff. Um, that also means 
uh, yeah, it does sort of talk about relationships. Um, and the common thread there, uh, and the thing that is the sort of binding factor of the entire album mm -hmm. is this idea around um, change and that change is really hard. Um, and it's it, the bridge. It, it's really hard for anything to change when these are the attitudes. Right. That song, the second song is called Try and it's about a relationship, but it's about how there's no life in that relationship yeah. and we got to inject a little life into our life and uh, how it's really hard to change once you sort of, once there's inertia set in. And the song A Ways Away is is all about these sort of factors, these these structures that are in place that prevent change from happening. Um, and I think that is but a sort change of change in, in the end of the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. sort of what the uh, yeah. That's actually what I think the sweetest song on the album. I mean, that is like it starts with you, like whoever you're with, like waking up, you waking up in a cold sweat, and them saying that it'll be okay. Right, right, <laughs> right. Good. Which is at once like very realistic, but it's also hilarious. Right, right. <laughs> it's like shut cool. up, go back to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Um, Stop freaking out. Yeah. Um, now, for good or for worse, right? All of the trends that are here will all still be here tomorrow. That shit's still yes. going to be here. Um, it doesn't mean there's no work to be done. It doesn't mean we should coast. Um, but you know, we'll still be here tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, and I don't know after Tuesday. Uh, yeah, we, well, I mean, we will. <laughs> <laughs> at least a little while yeah, after, after Tuesday. While. And I mean, that's that's the thing is, is you mentioned there's still work to be done. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people this year about their uh, their leanings toward doing political music. Hmm. And I think what I what I've heard and, and what um, what I think the consensus is, is exactly what you just said, is that you prefer people not to preach. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I my view is that if you have a platform like we have a small platform, mm -hmm. then you have to say something. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's your responsibility. If you do this, it is your responsibility. Why? Why? Um, because why is that their responsibility? Uh, people don't necessarily have access to, I guess, different ideas, yeah. and and that doesn't mean that your idea is right. But that's that's basically what freedom of speech is about, mm -hmm. and so that if we can, uh, you know, like our ideas, like my ideas, are that we should not elect somebody like Donald Trump. We should not be shooting kids dead in the street, mm -hmm. uh, and and any of that. And uh, there are people, and this is something I realized this year that don't, they haven't heard that, <laughs> right? Yeah. So if even one person hears, which is literally maybe one person will hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but in, in something like you, where your, your career is arguably like in music mm -hmm. and there, there, I think there does have to be a balance. Mm -hmm. I mean, there certainly are people who go out and like just balls out, everything is political and everything, mm -hmm. but you take somebody like Bono from U2, who's taken all this like goodwill and then converted it into actual capital right. to, to do things like that. Right. And, um, so, uh. I guess just the the idea of of having this platform and seeing how people are using it yeah. has been has been fascinating to me. Yeah, and it's and it's fascinating your music in general. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I said this about battles. I don't think a lot of people are talking about it as succinctly and as evocatively as you do, um, because they dance around it. Right. But when you're like when you're talking about you know income inequality, right? Uh, you, you gender inequality. When you when you're talking about those things, you just in. Yeah. You got a story to tell. Yeah. Is that um were you 
I, I guess was that like your goal starting out? Did you start out like writing songs about that, or did you start out as a writer? Because uh, you do, I think, policy, correct? Uh, the day job? Yeah. Uh, no, not policy. I work in conflict. Oh. I, I work um, with people thinking about how they deal with each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that means training. That means facilitation. That means mediation. That means yeah, uh, influence, negotiation, those kind of topics. Um, yeah. So, you know, how we all get along. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but. Well, that makes, that makes more sense. Now. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And I like how you frame that in terms of, you know, it's an exposure that people don't necessarily have. Now I'm thinking about what resonates with me and I write what resonates with me, right? Mm -hmm. I write what I like. Like I write something and I'm like, would I like this if I hadn't written it? If I saw this band, if I saw my band on, if I was in the, yeah. my own crowd, yeah. would I like me? Yeah. Um, that's my sort of gauge. And, um, and I realized that I don't like to be preached to. Um, and, and I don't also don't like when things are so simple. And so I, I, I realized that the stuff, I think sometimes people, uh, are turned off by politics stuff and maybe especially politics and music because they feel like they're being sort of shouted at or mm -hmm. it's so simple. Like what's wrong with you? Like, fuck this. We like, fuck that. And, there's a difference between telling your own story, which is, you know, NWA, public enemy, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And telling people what they should be doing. And I think that it's, to me, I'm just less persuaded when someone tells me what you should be doing. Right. I'm more persuaded. I hear someone's story. I hear some perspective. And for my own case, it's, it's about, um, nuance and complexity, right? Mm -hmm. It's not so simple. Um, the reason I love our album cover is because uh, it's my dad and then a bunch of white kids in front. Right. And my dad is Palestinian and I'm Palestinian American and we don't look like the typical Palestinian, right? right. We're not that dark. Um, I get confused more for Israeli than right. Palestinian. Right. And I love that that's on the cover because it, um, it just shows that uh, there's no dividing factor here. Like we don't know who's who. We don't know who's white. We don't know who's Arab. We don't know who's right. who's the other and who's not. And I do feel like public discourse these days is encouraging us to just pick a side. And yeah. I don't think it's that simple. I, I, I just think that uh, you know we're constantly: Are you conservative or are you liberal? Are you Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter? Are you right. this or right. that? Right. 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 And it's never so simple. And I, and I sort of resent that, that things are, we're forced to sort of choose those sides. And so I live in that ambiguity. I live in that complexity. And that's what I'm trying to do. Um, yeah. That's what I'm trying to do with the record. That's why I'm saying like, you know, it's not so simple as just like, oh, fuck the rich. They should give money to the poor. Right. It's not, it's not so simple. The bridge is all about someone trying and thinking they're doing a good job. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, I, I just want to show that ambiguity and show that complexity. Well, I mean, to, to that point, do you think that the way you choose to express yourself in that, and other people do, mm -hmm. like, do uh, follow down that course, do you think that's really the best way to do it? Just simply um, put that thought in their mind, something for discussion? You know, I mean, like, we got shouted out uh, about a discussion about misogyny, about mm -hmm. the uh, Anderson Pock and Knowledge Record. Which is a great record if you mm. haven't heard it. And uh, somebody just started something on Facebook. You know, I was saying I like, get in the comment sections. I do not engage on Facebook. Yeah, but some people do. But at no, the it end, always of the, results in good things. It always. 
Totally. Yeah. Good things happen in but the comment the, section of Facebook. But at the end of the day, <laughs> the person who's complaining, I think, missed the whole point. Is like, we can't solve misogyny in people here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we could, we would. We'd be doing it right now. We wouldn't be talking, no offense to you. But we can. Mm-hmm. But again, it gets back to that thing. Like, if you, we can talk about it intelligently or talk about any issues we have, just, you know, whether it be political or like emotionally political, like a lot of this record, th- just that little spark can get people like moving in a better direction sometimes. Right. And sometimes it can't. Right. I mean, your wife is, she's a speechwriter for Obama. Right. And his, uh, his big thing is like small measure change. Right. And that's, I mean, I think that's how we achieve stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, his thing is also, um, uh, you know, listening and <laughs> listen to the other What's side. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what really sort of bugs me uh, about, again, sort of public discourse is, is we're talking about, you know, trying to persuade people and we don't listen. No one listens to each other. Um, we think that the argument is good enough on its own and we're going to deliver it in any way possible. We're going to shout it. We're going to do that. And we think that that will work Mm -hmm. and it doesn't, you look at any sort of conflict around the world and why does that happen? It's mostly because people don't feel heard. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, and, and I like to think that, um, if we treat issues as so simple, uh, then we're sort of also treating the conversation as simple. And our conversations aren't simple, right? We treat them as that. And we're treating sort of really complex topics in a very simple way. No, we're not going to make any progress on that, Mm -mm. right? Um, I don't know. I watch a lot of CNN and a lot of Fox (laughs) News and MSNBC and stuff. And and you don't learn a damn thing. No. Like, you just watch people screaming at each other. And I don't know what the point is. I don't know... Uh, maybe it's just well, for ratings. Well, now maybe it's, it's entertainment. Maybe I mean, it's just entertainment. It's people who've gotten good. Do you ever see the old movie Broadcast News? Is that like Kathleen Turner? No, it's William Hurt, Holly Hunter, and Albert Brooks. Oh, and it's fucking amazing. What am I it's of? fucking amazing. All right. And uh, you might be thinking, I don't know if Kathleen Turner is a network. Right. Maybe she is. At, at any maybe. rate. Kathleen Turner Overdrive. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Great band name. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, William uh, Hurt's character in that is the person who just doesn't know shit. Yeah. And just got up and he's like doing it and doing it for ratings and gets the job. Yeah. And that's a lot of, I think, how we operate. I'd love to think it's not how our country operates or just the world in general. No, it is. But it is. It is. And, um, And so, yeah, I think because... It it operates that for, like that for a reason. Yeah. Right? You know, What's the reason? Uh, I mean, the reason is is because, on some level, I think we we want it to be simple. Mm-hmm. It's easier if it's simple. It's true, and it's easier if you don't think about it. If you write a political song, and then somebody is like, "Oh fuck that guy! I didn't believe that," mm-hmm. and they never listen to it again, that's yeah. really easy. Yeah. But what's harder is to be like, "I haven't heard that point of view." Mm-hmm. Right. That um, requires effort to think yeah. that. Um, totally. And, and it gets, it gets, I think, closer to uh, being really effective with people when you talk about uh, issues in relationships. Mm. Because, you know, I, like, I have no legitimate stake or way of understanding, like, the Syrian conflict. 
mm-hmm. but I can understand like a breakup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. And and so like when you get into that, but but at the end of the day, like it's it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's that level of empathy of under if you can understand this, then let's just keep on going down the road and understand the bigger stuff. But you got to do the work. Yeah, you absolutely have to yeah. do the work. Yeah. But I mean, if anything, this year has taught me is that like people uh, have to start taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to be. Uh, it's uh, I've said this a lot. Like, like I don't like talking to people. Well, I didn't. I'm on meds now, so so now it's <laughs> so now it's fine. Everything's it's all good. set. Yeah, but before I really it didn't, and it's because of anxiety and stuff. Yeah. But sitting here and like doing this, once once you get going, you're fine. You're right. And if I, I think a lot of people are like that, yeah, I think that's a, that's a natural state, and I think yeah, I f- and that's okay. If if you want to sit inside and play Call of Duty all day long, or right. whatever, right, just as long as when you do go out, you figure out how to be decent to people, right, that'll be okay. Well, I don't think people. Um, I think that's a lot easier said than done for a lot of people. Yeah, no, it is, and. It sort of says, like, yeah, it's kind of like implicit bias and things, right? Yes. It's like we say, of course, I'm not racist. Of course, like, I, I want to, I believe in equality and all that. And then rubber meets the road. You realize that you have all these sort of biases and assumptions and things like that. And um, I think a lot of it is just sort of structural, right? Like, like that song, The Bridge, the whole thing is that there's a divide because they're separated by this bridge. They're separated by... Uh, like our cities are incredibly mm-hmm. segregated. How do we expect people to actually build relationships with each other when they never see them? Right. Yeah. And they're in the other side of the town or, and they just, when you don't have exposure to people, I love hearing stories about, especially politicians when, um, when they're all very righteous about being anti-gay and then suddenly their son comes out as gay, and then they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. well, actually, well, well, no, I, uh... it's individual choice. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's right. his choice. And um, and I believe that uh, I support him no matter what. And suddenly, like, it changes because they've had that exposure. And yeah. they never had exposure to that before. And it's awkward, and it's uncomfortable, and it's hard work. And then once you do that work, it's... It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I could just not be a dick. Yeah. Like, so that's that, what I think about a, our cities too. It's sort yeah. of like, why do we expect us to have improvements in relationships when we don't ever see anyone? Right? Yeah. Israelis and Palestinians—that's the same deal too. Yes. Um, Israelis only ever never see Palestinians. Palestinians only ever see Israeli soldiers. Like that's it. Yeah. And so, how do you expect there to be actual forming relationships happening when people are not talking to each other? I mean, you have to really like soldiers. Yeah, you have to love <laughs> really nice uniforms. Yeah, yeah, really nice yeah. uniforms. But I mean, in the cities, that's interesting because you know we're in Washington D.C. It's a busy ass city. Yeah, and uh, we walk around all day, and yeah, I, I've got my cell phone in my hand for notes. But you know, we generally have our phones out and mm. stuff. And and I'm not one of these people who was like, oh, technology's technology is ruining us. It might have unlocked something in people mm-hmm. who were like, uh, you know, sort of back to the the not wanting to go outside, not wanting to communicate with people, and now you can be outside and not have to. Right. <laughs> It's like, it's, like, it's like, no, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. outside. It's yeah. all, it's all yeah. good. Totally. Uh, you know, have when it comes to stuff like that and then getting people to a show like yours, like that's almost the antithesis of it. Because like when you get on stage, when you guys get on stage, 
it is it's uh, for lack of a better word like old school. Yeah. Like you perform. Yeah. Try to. Like part your job isn't over after you wrote the shit. Right. Like no, you absolutely. you get up and perform. When did you do you remember when you got the bug to actually do that? Um no. I no. think I think um I was always very shy. Um and I didn't really get serious about I've always been serious about writing ever since like college. I was I was never some like fourteen year old like kid writing. I, were you I, writing like bad poetry or were you, oh, were you yeah. writing paper? Yeah. Like college crap. Yeah. Um, terrible. Like I listened to stuff that I did then and on like a four track I had and it was oh god. <laughs> um, and um, but careful, I the never FBI had the FBI might surface it. Be yeah, careful. No, they will. They will. It's it's playing on repeat. <laughs> um, but uh, but I was never that. Uh, confident to be able to go out and play mm-hmm. and um, and just sort of gradually sort of got to this point where and with the help of my roommate Nick who's our bassist in, in the band um, who heard me and was like hey we should play these songs out um, uh, that's when I started being like oh actually I, I like doing this and I feel a release and uh, wow screaming on stage is actually pretty therapeutic and like really helpful yeah. Um, do, do do you feel you're playing a character when you're up there? Uh that's a great question. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Because here, right now, you're very like soft spoken. You're, yeah. you're like, yeah. Well, that's uh, see, that's uh, what's funny is that people say like when I when I'm just normal every day, mm-hmm. they're like, "She'll chill," and then you go up on stage and you're a madman. I don't see a big difference. I think it's all me. <laughs> but they're like, who the fuck are you? What the hell happened to you? I mean, there's a difference. Yeah, there, there's no, definitely a difference. I, I, I can't explain it. I don't know. I don't know what happens. Um, I do know that at the end of the day, uh, one of the reasons that I really love playing live is I do love the connection with people. Like, I, I love right. just absolute connection. And maybe I come too much from sort of the school of Springsteen live shows. Um but at the end of the day, you do whatever you can to connect with people in a live setting, and there's there's nothing like that. Um, you give the person to the back of the, ro- the room, yeah. the same show as the front yeah. of the room. Like, there's nothing like the asshole in the back of the room who's got his hands folded, his arms folded, and he's looking at you being like, what do you got? And then you turning them. Like, there's that's right. the best feeling ever. Right. And right. they're like, you know. Which you, do, which you do on a regular basis. Well, I try to, but yeah. I don't know how successful it is. Um, when uh so you guys came off battles and uh and that was a it was a pretty big album for you guys i mean you it guys was, got, yeah, got cool. an npr you got you played the uh newport folk festival right we were talking about um did you immediately think like shit we got to write another record or was it or you're like yeah let's get back to real life because to be clear people don't know you live here and yeah. the rest of the band lives in boston yeah which well, is now even one of them lives in connecticut oh wow <laughs> so um, spreading out a little more yeah yeah um i'm trying to remember like what we did do at that point we had a bunch of songs actually the first thing we did was we said um you know we really love our live show let's make a live album so we did a live yeah album. yeah um and it's a live it was in a small this place called the armory in in somerville massachusetts and um and we wanted to capture like the feeling that we do at live shows and and that was fun um so that was the first thing we did, and then, uh, and then, yeah, 2015 was all about just being productive and being in a studio, and so we released three APs and whatever that was, recorded 25 songs, and yeah. um, 
and now this full you, length. You recorded twenty five. Yeah, pretty Holy much. Shit. I think that was I think that was 20, around twenty five. And then this album, another other, has you know thirteen of those. Yeah. Um, now you, you did that in large part using uh, using pledge music. Was that the yeah. first time you used that or no? No, we did it for battles too. Uh, did you do it for yeah. battles? Yeah. We what about it. that? That's what you got to do these days. Is, is that is that what you have to do? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, because I mean, we're not rich, like we can't. No, no, no. We can't do it ourselves. So, well, perspective, put it in perspective, like just guesstimate, like how much is studio time for you guys run? Oh man, um, I don't know. A typical studio is uh, five hundred bucks a day, right? Um, and then using a producer is going to cost like for a full length album maybe ten grand something like that. Jesus, yeah. And so all that stuff just adds up. And then how how did your fans respond to both battles in this one? I mean, were, did did they like fund it for the oh, most yeah, part? Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, battles was totally funded, um, and more. Um, like we we exceeded our asking price for that. Um, and then we tried something different. Um, for this process for what resulted in another other which right. was we wanted to do like support us for a year and right. so that meant um that we would do monthly video updates and video updates for everyone who pledged and then also like exclusive songs every month like acoustic versions or whatever yeah. for sort of inner circle people or whatever <laughs> um but uh but yeah that was sort of a year-long process did in this uh, day and age, you, you sort of need to do that. So yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, certainly. I mean, people who uh, who may be listening who are like down on crowdfunding, don't. Yeah, don't be. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, there's points. It's to, work. It fucking sucks. There's yes. so much work, and <laughs> the real challenge is being able to like set up stuff where you're like, great, we got all this money. Oh shit, we actually have to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, and so you have to really be like ready to do that. And yeah. Yeah, you know, it works for your money. It's it's not you're not asking somebody for money just to be like, give me money. I'm right. never going to deliver the product. Right. You have to do that. Did give you... me money because I have a coke habit. Yeah. And I yeah, need... I have to spend six months in the studio. Yeah. And uh, with a bunch of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, if you, you said you were doing it differently as far as them su- sort of supporting you, right? Which. Uh, would be wild if something like that could support you guys like just support you guys yeah uh which you know is not outside of the scope for you or other bands like it can happen like yeah. you people have to step up and like do that decide what the art is worth to them and enough people have to get in did i mean does that sort of give you more of a uh you think you owe your audience a little more or is it just like you've already built that bond with them and, and you're like, okay, we're, we're doing this together now. That's the idea is that you build this bond with them. Mm. You do it together. We're in this thing together. We're all a community here. You're supporting this and you're going to get paid back by that. Um, it's kind of like, what's that website? Patreon. Do you know that? Patreon. Website? Yeah. Yeah. Patreon. I never know how to say that. Patreon. Um, where it's the same idea. You're sort of ongoing. It's an ongoing yeah. process. It is a relationship that you're building and, just like your local NPR station, you give a monthly thing and then yep. you get this in return. Um, th- there's there's no other real sort of model now because it goes to sort of uh, how we even consume music. And I actually I'd love to hear what you think of this. Yeah. In terms of how we consume music these days, which is I'm terrified of it because I just think that there is 
too much shit. There's so much. There's so much. And well, I mean, are, so are, you terrified, are you terrified of it because there is so much in the sense that there's so much competition for the listener's ear? Or I'm, I'm, uh, I think a few things. One is I'm concerned about how we consume it in the sense that music itself has transformed um, from a singular uh, sort of consuming experience mm-hmm. to uh, this ubiquitous thing that's around us all the time and thus not special. Right, it's in every fucking commercial you see. It's in every shopping mall. Like right. it's everywhere, and therefore we don't treat it as special. Like when's the last time we had a listening party for an album where you sat down and listened to an entire album? Right, it's not a form of entertainment on its own anymore. It's yeah. not sufficient as a form of entertainment on its own. Yeah, I, and I feel like that our tastes have sort of changed I, in that direction. I think it can be, and I think like I, I feel that. When you're saying that, you know, and and, and I feel that, like, I mean, that's that's frustration at, at the mm. at the situation of it. Just start changing tastes. I, I mean, think. I, it, it start changing tastes, but I, I mean, I think what got ignored uh, in the days when you had just cassette tapes or just LPs and stuff, and and the ubiquity was not available. Mm-hmm. I think what got ignored is is how many people, and this is gross to say but just don't really consume music right there's yeah, such yeah. passive listeners yeah and we built an industry on on the idea that everybody mm. did this and then we built the tools and this was backwards i think we built the tools the tools evolved uh to where anybody can be in a band mm. you didn't need musical training yeah you could go to a guitar center, get an amp and a telecaster, and you are on your way in your right. Bruce Springsteen cover band. Right. And even then, you had a four-track. Like you said, you had a four-track in college, which was shit. Like, I've still got mine in the closet. Yeah. It's shit. And, I love it. And, but there wasn't, there wasn't a danger of that getting out to people. Mm-hmm. You had to go out and do the work. And so, right. you, you, if you get even a modest following, like in Boston, like, you feel great. This mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And you can't picture... What, what would this be like if it was bigger? Right. But the second Napster hit, yeah, and the second then streaming, which is Napster Evolve, right, uh, hit. Napster explicitly expanded everybody's vocabulary and expanded their knowledge base, and then all of a sudden you had people that would never be interested in like a band like yours mm-hmm. that heard you and are like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. Like this. But it also revealed. There might be 30 other bands like this yeah. down the street. I also think it also revealed the fact that like, because there's so much stuff, we're less likely to listen to the whole song. Yes. Right? We're yes. going to listen to five seconds and then move on to the next Which thing. that's a weird thing because, yeah. you know, uh, being on this side of things, we get pitched songs and stuff and we just really don't do them anymore. Right. Because you, and I've talked with uh, Marcus Moore from Bandcamp mm-hmm. a lot about this. And uh, like, I want to hear something that, keeps me interested mm. and that tells me a couple things it tells me a like it, it's just a genre i like it's something like but b that the person who made it like had like there, there's some like passion behind it there's some right. interest that they themselves were interested in making this thing and again it gets back to the ubiquity of the the gear like there's just a lot that it's not you know, it, I, I can't begrudge anybody for wanting to go into music to get famous, to make a living, to be rich, or whatever need you need filled. Right. But it's few and far between, like people like your band, uh, people like Phil Cook, 
mm-hmm. uh, his Golden Messenger coming up, people like Sylvanesso, mm-hmm. uh, who who make music because they don't really have a choice, right? Like, and that number's always been small, right? Like, think about the number of classical composers that we know, right? It's not big, yeah, yeah. On one hand, I can, yeah, I can name, <laughs> right? So then, so then, think about the number of uh, EDM artists that mm-hmm. we have right now. Numbers in the tens of thousands, right? And that's it's good and bad, you know. Yeah, it's good and bad because because who are we to sit and say, you know, DJ like Penguin a lot or something? It's just not our thing, right? Makes this one kid happy, <laughs> right? Right. Which is that's that's what music is, right? That's what we're supposed like. Yeah. That's why I talk about it. That's why you make it. Yeah. I just hope that that kid, like, consumes it and is not distracted mm-hmm. and isn't, like, not tempted by the 18 other tracks that showed up on his playlist. So do we, I mean, do we move more towards a live model as being what's important? Is that is that what we're looking at? I don't or? know. I think live is so important. Yeah. Um, it is a, it is something that. You know, there's nothing more disappointing when you love an album and then you see the band and they suck live. Yeah. yeah there's nothing more disappointing. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a definite determining factor for sure. Well, because, well, like, you guys' album is great. What's that? You guys' album is great. This oh, new one? Thank you. Like, it's your best album. Oh, it, cool. It is, it is, it is uh, and, and also, and part of it, you know, I know you a little, but it's like, and, and it, it feels like a maturation of all these things that not just you were trying to do. But all the guys in your band, yeah. like even the plane on it, it yeah. everything everything stepped up I love a, that. a yeah. little more. Uh, it still sounds exactly like Kingsley Flood. Yeah, cool. Uh, but it, it stepped up a little more, which is actually, uh, we can get to this now, which is amazing because you lost a member. Right. And now you might only lost two. No, we did. Uh, what was Janae's last name? Janae um, Force is her last Force. name. No, Janae yeah. Force. Yeah. Uh, she uh, had a child, correct? She, yeah, and now she has two. Now she has two. She's blowing it's my mind. been that long? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh the when I first saw you guys, the chemistry on stage between you guys, that was like nothing I've ever seen. Mm, cool. I mean, and it was and you could tell you you worked on it. Mm. It wasn't I mean, it was natural, but it was also like, okay, this is our role. Yeah. This is what we gotta do. Yeah. Um and then when you lost her, it was like, oh, Crap! This is. I, I mean, what are they gonna do? Yeah, because y- your voice is very distinct. Hers yeah. is very distinct. It, it supplants it, yeah. and uh, and you got Eva, right? And I don't think Eva's having a baby, but no. you know, she didn't want a tour, which is completely understandable. But you, you, the core of the group, the other like five of you, right, mm-hmm. has had to like weather this and still produce this work, and now faced with going out on tour. Like, upstairs, you said it was fun, but like, are you are you daunted by that at all? Totally, and it's fun. Um, I mean, why, why, why did you not just be like, well, we'll just get somebody else? Uh, to be honest, it, it's, it's like exhausting. It's so hard to <laughs> yeah, find someone. Yeah. Like we scored with Eva. Um, yeah. she was awesome. She was great. She's at Sorry, U Street Hall. Yeah, U Street cool. Musical was great. She's all over the record, and her playing is awesome. Her singing is awesome, and it would just be really hard to fill those shoes. Also, um. It started to feel like a bit of a machine. Like, oh, yes, we must have a woman violin player. Yeah. And that felt, that left a bad taste in our mouths. Like, let, let's just do what's organic now. It, it, let's, like, almost take this as a sign from from God that <laughs> like uh, maybe trap, it should be the five of us for now. Spinal tap drummer? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Keep losing the violin player. Right. 
Maybe we'll turn ourselves up to 11. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we'll, we'll focus on the five of us and see if we can make this work. Because yeah. we all... It, it, and, you know, it was hard because Eva fit in beautifully. Uh, Relationship-wise, like, musically, like, synergy, yeah, all tell. that. Yeah, it, it, he didn't miss a step, and it, that's rare. And that's rare. Like, and so another thing that someone else coming in and to yeah. get that chemistry—it's so hard. And so it would feel like you're starting over. So we said, "Fuck it, with five of us, let's just try this and let's see what happens." And yeah, let's just um, have grown men singing really high parts, and you know, yeah, see if that works. And I think it's working. I, I, we're having a blast, and I think it sounds good. But, you know, you should be the judge when you see us alive. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's important that, that it sounds good. I mean, none of, none of you guys, I think, would do this. Like, you'd still write. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think you'd do this if you didn't, like, at the end of the day, have fun yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, and then these are, like, you know, these four other these four other um, people, I think, are... I just think we're so locked in with each other. And we're just having a blast on stage. And I think they're incredible musicians. I think I have the best band in the world. You want to name check them? Uh, yeah. So there's Chris Barrett on the keys and uh, keys and trumpet and all sorts of percussion. George Hall on guitar. Travis Richter on drums. Nick Balkan on the bass. And um, and everyone, I just think is so freaking good at their instrument. Yeah. And as a collective, I just think we we're all so tight and in sync with each other. So that is just so much fun yeah and it, i mean i mean you were you were when you went in to record this album yeah like we were listening to it last night and, and oh, we were cool. like and i i've said this to you before i was like yeah they really love wilco but it's a difference between loving wilco and then understanding why wilco works <laughs> and you uh, guys understand why wilco works mm. and so there's a lot of stuff on there that like just it, it evokes moods out of what you're talking about it's just it's just the right touch which is mm. which is a different side of songwriting you mm. know if you sit and play uh, these songs, if you sit and play like, uh, what is the song? Um, Cavalry mm -hmm. or Tricks, mm -hmm. something like that. If you were to sit and play it yourself, uh, this is definitely going to have an impact. And you're going to get one thing about it. But then you wrap all the things that you guys have around it. And yeah. it's, it's just like, oh. like that yeah, is I think Tricks especially. Like what we wanted to go for in this album was moods. And Tricks, we wanted this specific mood. Where if you play that song acoustic, it just does not do anything. Right. Right. Basically, we were trying to rip off like Calexico and worst bands to rip off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And that plus sort of injecting the sort of dark mood to it. And so that was, yeah, you need a full band for that. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, to that thing about, you know, you said, you know, it's, it's, you just wanted to rip off this band. Like, yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people I've heard uh, this year even that they get distracted by, shit we have to do something brand new right they forget what they do right like if you do it long enough you know what you do right and, but they forget and they're like or they're like this has to appeal to somebody and like i don't get that at all listening to anything in your catalog mm. like you're appealing to you wrote this story yeah and your bandmates are helping to bring it to life yeah and I, and I think that I often start off with the intention of ripping something off, and it just comes out very different, thankfully. Because you're a different person. Yeah. Like Cavalry, I was trying to rip, I was trying to write a Randy Newman song. <laughs> and uh, I never would have guessed that. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it just, because it comes through my weird voice uh, and all sorts of other sort of things going on, like it doesn't end up sounding like it. Yeah. Thankfully, like I'm glad we're not, that'd be bad if it sounded exactly like it, but. I don't know if it would. Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe. And you get you on the Disney soundtrack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the other path, sir? You got a friend in me. <laughs> I, that would be another. That yeah. We should totally do it and actually make some money in music. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, is that, uh, is that, you know, we were talking about streaming and how that affects stuff. Is that you guys, like, it's an obvious goal, but is it your goal? Like, we want to get signed by a big label. We want to do that. We want to be completely supported by this. Yeah. I mean, is that is that? I mean, look, we write songs, we play in front of crowds. You always want more. It's a drug. Like you want to get yeah. bigger and bigger places. Um, and we always want to play a bigger festival. We always want to play a bigger room. All that. Uh, so yeah, I can't say that that's not a goal. Uh, and you just have to weigh that with the sort of realities of everyday life and being able to do that stuff and all that. So. It's a constant sort of tension, a constant battle. And you guys have figured out how to do just the back and forth from Boston, and I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I just, well, you've been doing a lot. Now, first time, I, doing first time I talked to you was like 2012. Yeah, and then you guys were doing that a couple of years before that, even. Yeah, since 2009, I moved here in 2009. Yeah, so so you've been. Yeah, and the band basically me and Nick started playing with each other in 2008. Huh. So. so damn. Yeah. It's almost ten years. Yeah, we're the we're the length of the Obama administration, basically. <laughs> thanks, Obama. Yeah, thanks. Um, so so you're happy with the record? I I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with how it sounds. I'm happy with. I think you know that. Like it 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 feels like a sort of a maturation. Is yeah. that the right word? Yeah, maturation. sure. Maturation. It is now where we've come. Yeah, maturation. Um. So yeah, it it I'm I'm really happy with it. I'm glad that the the sort of message. The, the stories I think are clear and clean. Um, I think the production is great. Our producer, Paul Coldery, um, I think did a great job. Um, and it has the dynamics that we always want, that we want in a live show. It has right. the ups, it has the downs, it has everything. Laugh, cry. It's like cats, you know. <laughs> like cats? Actual cats or the musical? <laughs> no, no, the musical. No, yeah, actual the musical. cats, obviously. Actual cats, sure. Yeah. Um, anything you want to plug, man? Besides just plugging this. Uh, we got a show in D.C. You do have a show. Coming up, November 19th. Yeah. Rock and Roll Hotel. I've been at every time. You guys play here. I've been there. And every, I know. Every, every, every time it's been it's awesome. fucking badass. And uh, the lineup this time is Fellow Creatures. And Louis who, Weeks. Who, uh, I'm not throwing shade at Sam and Will. It's like <laughs> they finally, though, got their shit together. Yes. And turned into this amazing fucking band. It, it, um, their album is, I think, my favorite album of this past year. It's pretty good. Oh, my God. I love it. It's uh yeah they they just and they were down here cool and uh, they got really drunk we all got really nice. drunk like really drunk nice uh but uh and then uh, crap I need to listen to that I haven't listened to that here <laughs> I am talking about funny. Like privilege cause, and race and they're all just being like yeah, San, San, well we had been to uh, we had been to Iceland mm. recently we brought like Brennan and so my thing oh. was like anybody came by I was like hey you want to try this Icelandic whiskey and they're like sure oh, and uh, and they did and and uh, like mid podcast sam was just like ah, i think i'm drunk <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah cool uh so that shows that we're gonna put that in the show notes uh thanks for coming by to see him. thank is, you it's good it's good to catch up man this is great so uh i like talking serious shit well co- dude we're here <laughs> every thursday nice just swing by nice so i'll talk to you later cool dinner dates of late feeling more like killing time Staring at our plates all night Shaking salt to kill the quiet And I know, yes I know, yes I know We get so low, get so low, get so low
Nassim Curry of Kingsley Flood, uh, a gentleman and a scholar and a all-around righteous dude. And um, they have a new album out right now. It's called Another Other and it is excellent. Please get it. Uh, but you can also find them this Saturday here in Washington, D.C., playing at Ye Old Rock and Roll Hotel. That is November 19th. They have a uh, a bill of, of it's, it's 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 an all podcast bill. It's uh, you have uh, Louis Weeks is the first opener, fellow creatures is the second opener, and then the uh, the main event will be Kingsley Flood uh, playing songs off another other and their entire career and and hopefully uh, helping to heal our hearts this week and this month and and this this horrible horrible thing that we're going through right now. Um, thanks again to him and. Uh, just for just for you know sitting down and talk, but also uh, for making good music. Yeah, good music is awesome. Uh, and speaking of good music, we're gonna play a track right now. You know, we've been doing this uh, pairing thing the last few interviews we've done. We've been like, yeah, we'll just play the person's track. This one, I think uh, we're gonna do the same. You were just talking about the uh, the bridge. Uh, it is the opener of another other. It is, to my mind, one of the best songs uh, Nassim and the band have have made. And it speaks to everything that that they believe in, uh, and uh, and does it in a very personal way, uh, relating back to his experience. So, um, rather than ramble on about it, I'll let you decide. Here you go. This is Kingsley Flood's "The Bridge" of their new album, "Another Other."
next year She can spend a few hours more While mama papa's downstairs Locking eyes and glowing Those kids by the bridge Ought to take some notes Cause they're a little too wild A little too torn A little too weak A little too warm A little too brown by Kingsley Flood that is off their new album Another Other uh, if you like that which I'm pretty sure you did uh, you can get it everywhere you can get it I'm not sure if it's out on vinyl yet but I'm pretty you probably will we'll see a vinyl release at some point I'm sitting I have a a nice beautiful signed uh, CD copy sitting down here that Nassim brought me and then thanks for that and um just on CDs on digital uh, you can go to iTunes you can go to Google Play you can go to Amazon you can get it pretty much everywhere you can stream it you, you know, listen to it. Uh, get ready. Get pumped up for the show here on the 19th. Again, that is a great bill. Louis Weeks, uh, fellow creatures, uh, you guys all know. And uh, and then Kingsley Flood uh, doing that. We, we're going to be there. Good good contingent of our crew is going to be down there. It's going to be, a as as is always when they play in D.C., an awesome night of rock and roll music. They, they always sell it out. So uh, get your ticket now and, uh, and, and be prepared to have your... Uh, <laughs> Have your face blasted to the back of the venue because they they are a powerful powerful band uh, when they do their thing live. So uh, thanks again to Nassim, and hopefully you'll hear him coming over to talk about some stuff later on. We were talking about just getting down and talking about music with him and Sam from Fellow Creatures and a bunch of people, and it's something we've done this year a little bit, and uh, something I look forward to doing more uh, because those are those are some mighty fun conversations. That is our podcast for this week. Coming up uh, in in the next few days on Thursday, we're going to have one that we meant to put out before the election. Now it has a little more weight to it. We are taking on uh, Bro Country. And by me, or we, I mean myself, uh, Mr. Marcus Dowling and Mr. Casey Ray. Uh, you know those guys. And uh, and, and we get into um, – it's a long talk. It's about an hour and 50 minutes. But we really get into like where this particular type of music came up and how it's emblematic of, of the – belief system that a lot of these people have who, who who have really pushed it to the forefront and whether that's a good thing 
And, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, it might not be. But but we get really into that and, and also get into, uh, I think, the the makeup of the of the rural voter, as it were, uh, which which had a had a large hand in the selection. Um, so we're going to be doing that. Uh, we're going to be talking about Kaja Bonet's album coming up. Uh, we are going to be talking and this is going to be rad. Uh, not to spoil surprise, but we're going to have Marcus J. Moore down here. Going to have Chad Clark from Beauty Pill. Going to have Ian Taranji from the Lucky So-and-Sos right here in D.C. to talk about Tribe Called Quest's new album, uh, which is, frankly, perfect. If you haven't heard it yet, uh, listen to it now. It's amazing. Uh, they just delivered an amazing performance on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and it's their last. So uh, what a way to go out. But we're going to be talking about that. And then, uh, and then it gets us almost to the end of the year. And then we're done. You get to hear what we thought was the best and uh, and talk about the year in general. Hopefully have some uh, special guests on that one. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, subscribe in iTunes. Do all that. Um, notice some links in the show notes, too. You can set up donations to the ACLO, ACLU. You can set up donations to Planned Parenthood. People are going to need that. Uh, more information on that in later podcasts as we get closer to the uh, administration change. And, uh, yeah, basically just take care of yourselves, people. Um, need somebody to talk to. We're here. <laughs> Always here down in the basement. But, you know, find a friend. Talk to them. Don't, don't, don't stay down. Don't stay down ever. Uh, we'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!